0: Talk of the office this morning, boys, deer on tarot cameras,
1: yeah, and a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> and a squirrel, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: you had a a nice buck uh past your stand, and where were yeah. you when it when that buck passed your stand and
0: in, in shooting uh, light well, I was i like I told you, being a good father <laughs> <laughs> overrated uh, a good father takes his son hunting. Oh, she shots fire. <laughs> Not during archery season. You don't know my my sons aren't there yet. I know your sons. Um, yeah, I'm sitting on the couch watching football. So, yeah, you. I don't know if you're aware of this, but you can't shoot them from. Is that also there. A
3: good, Dad? Sitting on the couch watching football. Yeah, actually,
0: it, in our family, we don't watch a ton of TV like that together. Um, and so to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Liz has always talked about how she remembers watching football with her dad on Sundays, and it was like a special thing. She enjoyed it, and she still likes watch, watching football today because of that time. Mm. And so that's kind of like an excusable TV time in our house to, to I mean, all sit down and watch football. Imagine the
2: memory your son would have of you absolutely blasting in a, a giant one. buck.
0: Yeah, well, you know, still season to go. Yeah, so right in front of my tree, 745. Yeah. Different than the one from like three weeks ago. Two three uh, weeks ago, I've had this one on camera before, so I don't know which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Th- this was not one of the ones that I saw last week when I was actually out hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different rock shape. I w- this one would have, I probably would have fallen out of the tree. So,
2: did you tell the story of that and like your strategy and stuff around that on the last one?
0: Uh, no, because we talked strategy about that after that last hunt. So, um. I guess you guys haven't really probably talked about it with us much at all, but Brady and I were talking in the way there's like pinch points and a couple, a couple of like fence rows and tree lines and Creek bed. And so there's these, these natural spots where uh, I think I'm going to try moving from the one, the one corner of the Creek I'll call to the other corner, because if they come from the neighboring property and cut that corner, that's how I missed them that time. So I'm going to try to get over to the other side of that little pass through across the creek. Um, but I brought up a question this morning that we decided to save mm-hmm. for the show today is we've had discussions about cows, deer, deer like cows, deer hate cows. The way my ideal scenario for this one position is that they would come from these woods that also parallel a cattle farm. Mm-hmm. When I was hunting that evening and they didn't come that way, I could see cow legs through the tree line. So I know they were right there. And I don't know if where those cows are grazing on that farm, if it's bumping them to travel a different direction. Cause I had, do have them coming that way other, other times on the camera. So I'm debating on, should I, should I try to move myself to the other side? Should I hold out on that spot? Do I need to pay attention to like, when I get there, if I see the cows move, what do you think? You um, hunt by cows?
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't think having a second spot as an option to get away from the cattle is a bad idea. Just having multiple options so that when you get out there, you can assess and be like, okay, where are the cattle? Where's the best spot to hunt? As far as like the comment about deer hating cows, deer loving cows, I, I don't necessarily think it's either. I, I think that they're, I think their opinion towards cows is kind of our opinion towards cows. Like, we'll go through them if we have to, but let's just avoid them. Not because we don't like them. It's just they're there. They're in the way. Let's just find a quicker, easier route around where the cattle are. Uh-huh. It's kind of my opinion on them. I mean, I deer are very familiar with cows, and the, they're around them all the time. Um, I've seen them tons of times out in the same pasture fields with cattle, but that's not to say that they're not going to avoid them also if, if they don't have to go through them. Okay. Deer, in my opinion, I mean, they're. we all know this. We've all seen it. You've seen it braiding out with hunting on logging roads and stuff like that. We, we've all been in these scenarios where we've seen that deer, these animals that will take the path of least resistance. And in that scenario, the cattle could be resistance for them. They're, yeah. they're going to avoid them, not because they don't like them, but just go around them. So I think having two options for you um, as to where the cattle are is a good option. It, it's a good idea. But... That's not to say that they're not going to come from the direction where the cattle
0: are as well.
2: Yeah. The direction where the cattle are is the direction where the does have been coming from, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I had two does come that from that way that night.
2: Have bucks ever come from that way?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
3: But you don't
2: know, you haven't
0: you don't have
3: enough information to know if they're coming from that way when the cattle are there. Because I'm assuming that, I don't know the size of this cattle farm you're talking about that's next to you, but I'm assuming they're doing some kind of rotational grazing. So the the cattle might not always necessarily be in that pasture field.
0: That's the first time that I've been out there and noticed, like, seen the cows Mm -hmm. right there at the property line. Um, I don't know how they rotate them. I haven't really looked a ton on, on X as mm-hmm. far as like how big that property is. And sometimes you can tell like it's, it's fenced off and they will physically move them from field to field. Yeah. They're, just they're like doing rotational grazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's where when you were out there, you said you had bucks come by from that direction where the fence is off to the right,
0: to the right side. Yep.
2: And that you saw the cows off to the left, to the left. Correct. And you had the buck come onto your camera from,
0: from the cows,
2: from the cows yesterday. Yeah. So the, the guess there may be that the cows weren't there, and the bucks came from that direction. The cows were there, and the bucks came from the opposite direction. Yeah. So, I don't know if you can go back and look at your cameras or not, but I wonder if it's, like, rotational. Is it, like, when they're rotating cattle, is it usually, like, one day of the week? I guess it matters for the different...
3: Everyone farmers. does something different. Yeah. How many um, cows, how much they're eating. Yeah, I mean... But That's is it like a there, there probably
2: is a whole podcast series talking
3: about rotational grazing for cattle. So I mean, <laughs> I, I won't is. get into the all of that but it of that. It everybody it's yeah. the best way to put it so
2: you wouldn't be able to a little bit of a little bit buck from little direction, of from buck from of from little from of direction, little from of a a like, a theory on like okay i'm seeing bucks coming from this direction on tuesdays and thursdays and i'm seeing them come from this direction on mondays and wednesdays and like build off of. it's not like that i don't think it would be time. that simple
0: i think i need to get that farmer's phone number and yeah talk to them yeah, i mean they're a neighbor obviously. to the property so i'm sure they would just like hey this yeah this is what we're doing or, they might also say yeah you can come hunt here too Hey, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, your yeah I'd, letter I'd, philosophy. Here. I mentioned to Braden, I was going to take a, a stroke out of your book where it's like, I'll send letters to these people, tell them that I'm hunting on a neighboring property. Mm-hmm. Can I get permission to come get a deer if it comes across mm-hmm. the fence or whatever? And then maybe parlay that into some mm-hmm. permission. Yep. Because that start small. <laughs> where those three bucks came from last week is tons of gobblers when I was out mm-hmm. turkey hunting is in the trees on just over our property line um so I would love to have that for all hunting but definitely turkey season
2: mm-hmm. that's how it always is just over the property line yeah, the honey hole is yeah. yeah. come <laughs> here come here
0: <laughs> yeah so, so you I don't get permission there and it's the next property <laughs> yeah yeah I, th- I think the point and the strategy I need to lock into for the rest of this fall at least leading up to rut is that go in To that spot that I have cleared out well with great shooting lanes, Mm -hmm. check it, check the cattle, kind of base off wind, and then also have myself a spot on the other side. But what I was telling Braden is there's not great tree access Mm -hmm. over there. So I'm probably going to be hunting from the ground and trying to wedge myself into the creek bed and just... So is there no trees over there? There are. There's there's a couple really big sycamores that I don't think I can get my... Steps on Could be difficult. Yeah. And then a lot of like little brushy stuff. So I might have to just the creek bed is very enclosed. Yeah. And so I might just literally stand in the creek bed and hide myself. Hopefully there's something over there that you can get up into. Well, see, and man, it wasn't even on my radar or my plan. Like, that's the thing is, like, I go out preseason and get all this stuff ready and know where I'm going to go. And then, of course, you go in there and hunt, and they do something totally different. Well, and you
3: know how it is, too, is you're going to you're gonna pattern these bucks out or these deer in general, and you're going to figure out, okay, when the cattle are in this pasture, they're coming from this way, you're going to get over there, you're going to get a spot set up, and then the first evening you hunt it, they're going to come from the direction they're not supposed to come from. <laughs> yeah. They're going to walk right under the tree that you were normally this hunting is, from. This is
2: the problem with season because if it was gun season you'd have killed that buck oh yeah like uh trying to get within 30 you know yards for us about 30 yards is about what we're but i was telling him too there's kind of like there's two kind of like peninsulas of trees two sets really of peninsulas of trees and you have like a gap in between each and they kind of come out into the field and then work through those peninsulas and then come through like the pinch point in the middle of both of those path of i was like dude I was like, maybe put like a mock scrape out there, and I know like early right now it's not necessarily going to matter, but if you know that they're coming from that direction, you might be able to get a little. So a these little are bit the two. Yeah, a,
3: I think I see what Braden's talking about because if you yeah. can get out on like that that point right there, because well, yeah, it's like they're going to hug that. Right? Well, yeah, that they, is. Yeah, that, that, that's just tell from a brushy
0: old, yeah, uh, barbed wire fence line, and mm-hmm. they they scraped the heck out of this that point. Yeah. of that tree line. So, yeah, I mean. It's kind of one of those things. Like, I've talked about this every time we pre-season. It's like, yeah, I didn't get out there and do as much as I want. I'm doing stuff last minute, and yeah. I get out there and start hunting, and everything's different. So this is the second year I've hunted this farm, and last year I hunted it one day and had remarkable <laughs> <Yeah>. success. <laughs> it's so it was kind of a like. Within 20 minutes. Yeah, it's like book open, book closed. Yeah. And so. That's uh true.
2: You didn't hunt it all year, so you don't have yeah. all that data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that
0: was rut. And so it was. Yeah. Who knows? Totally different. It's all just put pieces of the puzzle together Yeah, and it's it's fun man like if if i walked out and every hunt was like last year like yeah that'd be sweet but i like this part of getting out there and seeing deer that are just out of your reach and then you're like ah i gotta get them you're
2: amongst them though man you're amongst them yeah i feel good about your odds
0: you were out this weekend you season
2: (laughs) yeah we uh we had a really good plan um we're gonna go out to this public spot um actually close to where Phil, for those that listen to the turkey stories, Phil actually pulled the trigger on a turkey that went click, and uh, he actually didn't even, like, the, sh- the round didn't go off. But um, we were not far from this oak flat that Phil actually shot his first public land deer out of this oak flat, and then me and him have gone out there two or three times. The first place I went with him, or second place I went with him on public is this oak flat, and we've seen deer every single time. Um, and like not had shots every time, obviously, but we were going to go out there for youth and get him up in a tree. And I mean, he has a crossbow, so like the odds that he would have had a, a doe, a good shot at a doe would have been, would have been nice. It would have sucked to carry it out, but we have a deer cart that we're going to bring and like felt really good about the plan with the wind. It was perfect. This is um, Phil's stepbrother, right? Yeah. Phil's stepbrother. And, um, is the youth. Yeah, he, he be the youth the youth <laughs> uh, and uh, but he had a, a sports injury and um, wasn't able to really like trek out pretty f- I mean it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hike and so we kind of like audibled and went out to this private farm that we've been scouting and Phil shot his buck there last year on this like easement that kind of runs through um, like the I guess it would be the east side of the property and I'm sorry it'd be the west side of the property. Um, We have a blind that we've had set up there for months, like brushed in really nice. And um, we've got just tons of pictures of deer rolling through this area, but not a great wind, really, for what we were trying to do. And we were kind of just like, well, we're making a bet. There's this big soybean field that's the that very back side of the property that the easement kind of connects two different soy fields. Um, and we were like, maybe we can. Maybe they slept out in that soybean field, and if they did, we'll try to catch them coming to their, you know, secondary bedding position or coming to the woods or whatever. And it, we went out there and got set up and got him all, you know, ready to go on a tripod with his crossbow and had good shooting lanes and everything. But we might have heard a couple, um, you know, before shooting light. Not sure. Could have been squirrels, and we never saw anything, never heard anything really substantial. But the cool thing was uh he's almost 16 now and so this will be his i think his this will be his third season hunting with us and it's always kind of been that thing of like where his his parents like want him to come out with us and it's like something to do you know and he you can tell like he kind of you know enjoys it he likes the whole the whole like process of being in the woods and everything but this year was different like he felt more like on our level a little bit we're cracking jokes we're hanging out and at the end of the day like we're we're walking back and he's like man I told my mom this morning uh, when I woke cuz we were making fun of him he was super grumpy in the morning like we were like dude who pissed in your cheerios this morning like what's <laughs> what's going on and uh he was being a turd like getting ready I'm like oh he just he doesn't want to do this anymore we're going to stop like pressuring him in to do it and uh he like he perked up about like first light and he was having a great time we had an awesome time in the blind filled like about busted our whole hunt. He was laughing so hard. He like, <laughs> I mean, he was crying. Like we were and we were just having a great time together. And we were walking out, and he goes, "Man," he said. I told my mom this morning I was never going hunting again. And waking up this early is stupid, and I hate this. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm actually really, really excited for this season." He's like, "I'm." He he made some comments about like turkey season of like, "Oh, well, this is you know." this is where the turkeys will be right like this is where blah 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 and he starts he's kind of connecting dots and kind of like because we're always talking to him when he's out there of like hey do you see this here's why that's there hey this is a scrape hey this is a rub hey here's why it's there here's why we're going to hunt in this area and we're always talking through like how we're thinking about stuff basically how phil taught me to hunt really he's kind of the same thing you're just explaining why you're doing things and i kind of started noticing him like giving input and feedback and thinking through stuff and getting excited and Um, so it's, I'm, I'm excited for this year with him of just like, it really seems like the tide has turned. He's kind of got the bug a little bit with us and he's going to be kind of, you know, he's going to, he's going to have his own stand this year. He's going to be in his own blind this year while me and Phil are in other places where in the past, he's either been in the tree with me or been in the tree with Phil. And so it's kind of like, we're trying to get him on a deer or he's there just like hanging out with us or, you know, crazy situation of doubling up or whatever, but it was, uh, you know, obviously wish we would have seen a deer and, and like got him one. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited with, with just the way he was talking and, and kind of how he's, he's gotten the hunting bug. So
3: well, especially after a hunt where you didn't see a deer. Yeah.
2: I, I was kind of worried like with <laughs> with the way he was kind of the vibe this, that morning of how he's feeling of, I was expecting him to be like, ah, guys this year, I don't, I don't really know. Or he'd be saying no coming out with us more often, but yeah, I think uh I think he's kind of turned the corner a little bit and getting excited to get out with us, which which is cool because we're more than happy to take him out with us and both of us would freaking die to get him a buck. Like it would be awesome to see yeah. that happen. So. And your uh, does
0: your season open this weekend?
2: Uh Sunday.
0: This Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So the youth season was it just this past weekend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: And it's it's you can use guns um but Phil just bought him a crossbow tag and he's just going to use a crossbow all season. Um it's just you know I don't know just a little easier for getting him up there a little less to worry about you know I guess safety wise I mean obviously it's still a dangerous weapon but you know we it's I don't know it just him being in a stand by himself with a crossbow feels a little bit better I don't know if that philosophy actually lines up or not but um, yeah he's got a crossbow tag and so he's gonna be going out with us a lot more and having that private is so nice for taking new people out like I've got three guys that over the past year, have been like, you, you hunt, right? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, man, I would, I'd love to get out sometime. And I'm like, man, we got putting somebody in a blind, you know, or like sitting with somebody in a blind, you just don't have to worry about hardly anything. It's like, we can carry the crossbow in, we can tell them to show up in like a dark colored hoodie, and we can set them down on a tripod in the blind, and one of us will sit with them, one of us will go out and beat another spot hunting, and you know it just, it really simplifies the process. It makes it easy to get people out. And, uh, this farm, these people just want us to kill as many deer as possible because they just kill their crops, you know, eating tons of their crops. And so we're going to, we're going to try to take as many deer off that property as possible, which hopefully translates to us taking a bunch of people out with us and getting people, you know, their first or one of their first experiences out hunting. So, I'm excited for that element of this season, uh, but more excited for some of the bucks we've got on camera and some of the spots that me and Phil will be hunting. Because I'm not, I'm not gonna take some newbie out to some of the places that <laughs> that we go. They, they would probably say this sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never yeah. doing this again. Uh, me and yeah. Phil are fine to go out there and not see anything and can muster up the excitement to get get back out there and everything. So.
0: Now, do you all know where you're going Sunday? Or are you waiting closer to no, forecast the yeah, wind and probably stuff? probably
2: going to wait closer to the wind. I mean, we're getting to the point now where we can, like, start to check and see, like, the apps we use will tell us. I think it's seven days, seven, eight days in advance of, of the wind to expect. But it actually changed up for us. We were expecting a horrible wind out there and really, you know, just a complete crapshoot of, like, man, I don't even know if this even makes sense to go out there, but we're going to do it because you never know. Um, but the wind kind of flipped uh, that morning on us, and it was actually a pretty favorable wind for that spot. So you just never know, man. I don't. We're going to try to make the best decision we can with the, the apps and the wind that they're telling us. But we have so many spots now, and we've learned our lesson, you know, getting up in a tree and the wind being horrible or whatever the morning of and just kind of pigeonholing ourselves into, like, this is where we're going to hunt. We've tried to do more of the triangle approach where we can kind of, like, you know, this is roughly the spot we're gonna go hunt, and then based on the wind that morning, we can you know pick the stand that's going to be the most favorable wind for that that particular set. So I don't know, we'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, high hopes for this season. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's funny, like I kind of taking it for granted. And I mean, you said you're going out for the first time this evening. Yep, right? this evening. and It'll be my first
3: sit for deer yeah and
0: it's been open for a month almost it's yeah. like it there's it's great that it is so long yeah. but sometimes i almost use it as a crutch and i don't put as much like hard drive you've got days marked off taken off <laughs> on the calendar
2: but i don't have kids and you know, yeah
1: it's a little but, different there's one month left in <clears throat> bow season right no it goes till january in, here oh. indiana okay yeah here, yeah
3: it yeah. goes till once, january
1: once
0: it opens up it's it's good till January
2: yeah that's the plan really I mean I'm I'm pretty much planning to bow hunt the the whole year so if there's a spot where like the wind is you know this is a spot we've got to hunt and there's not great bow hunting lanes like I'm not above taking a gun out for sure um, but I'm gonna try to I just really like bow hunting so I'm gonna try to do that as much as I can all the way through January and hopefully I don't have to worry about it by the end of the year yeah beginning of next year but
0: you know it's funny is like i'm talking about these deer that are here in september and october and i'd love to get one early yeah but i love hunting rut so much and like yeah i know i can go i can bow hunt in october and some of them be getting into it but there's just something about like when you know most of the hunters in the state are celebrating that same weekend that you yeah, are and getting true. out there, like, I almost have to participate even. you
2: know. Yeah, I think you've made a comment of, I don't want my season to be over this early. And I'm like, dude. Oh, I've done I
3: that. do, do What are you doing? I, I've done that before. <laughs> I, I've had bucks walk by, you know, opening day. And, <laughs> and passed but, them? And I pass them. Like, Just because you don't, don't want really it to done. be over. Yeah. yeah. Especially with us only having the one buck tag here in Kentucky. Yeah. Now, I'm in a bit of a different situation this year. I'm going to be a little more... I say liberal with my buck tag here in Kentucky since I also have Tennessee tags and yeah a short mm-hmm. drive down there to that I'm going to try to fill as well so yeah.
2: well you've been duck hunting this whole yeah time. I mean that's
3: the other thing too is I'm I'm chasing all kinds of things from yeah. September till you know the end of February between deer bear again this year ducks geese everything so I mean yeah I did we had the early wood duck and teal season here um that just ended um which i mean i'm sure there's some spots in kentucky that you can get on teal but where we are it's you're not going to see a teal yeah so i just hunt those i hunted four days straight for wood duck and had some success but i was definitely feeling a lot better going into it um and then i've also been doing some early canada goose hunting um and then honestly, I wouldn't even be considering deer hunting yet this time of year. Uh, it's still too hot for me. I mean, it's gonna get. Up, it's gonna be like eighty three today <laughs> Dude, as a high.
0: And that's that's the math that I do every every time I either go out early or talk about going out early. Is you start start thinking like from shot to getting mm-hmm. that deer, you have to shorten that window so much. Yeah, get that thing out of I there mean, it's, quick.
3: It's a high of eighty three today. Um, and that's not just here in Louisville. I mean, that's where I'm going to be hunting at Southwest of here. I don't think it's going to get down below 65 tonight out there. So let's just say I do shoot a deer and I have to let it lay overnight. I mean, I'm not going to sleep. Yeah. Um, and, but the whole reason I'm going out now, um, I'm hoping to get two hunts in. I'm hunting this evening and then tomorrow morning for sure. And then I might get one more hunt in this week, but that's because, you know, I think I'm leaving Saturday. Um, Friday or Saturday I can't remember but driving down to Tennessee for this this bear and deer hunt that we've been scouting for all summer and I don't want my first hunt of the year in my saddle being down there knocking the rust off trying no. to f- remember everything and oh I forgot this and I need to get the because it's a lot more there's a lot more into it now than just going out to my farm mm-hmm. and hunting so trying to get a few saddle hunts in you know this last week of September here I'm not going out with the intentions of killing a deer um if the opportunity presents itself, great. I kind of have my criteria. I've talked about this before in other episodes about where I, I think about, you know, mentally going into a hunt. Like, what do I want to let an arrow fly on for this hunt? So I, I I've got that figured out. But mainly I'm just going out just to get through the motions, remember how everything works, get up the tree, remember how to pack my pack, you know, work all the kinks out to where, you know, going into this hunt in Tennessee, I don't have to think about it as much. Yeah. Because that's going to be pretty much all saddle hunting yeah. while we're down there.
2: What's your uh, criteria this year? For so you're
3: gonna shoot? for right now, this last week of September, just these few hunts that I've got going on right now, I'm not shooting a doe. Okay. Um, And I'm only going to, like I said, I'm being a little more liberal with my buck tag this year in Kentucky. Derrick, Derrick so is a liberal. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so if, if I see a, a buck that gets me excited, I'll let an arrow fly on it. On these two hunts, but I'm not talking some big old Boone and Crockett monster, Yeah. but I'm also, I mean, if a spike or a fork or something walks by, like, I'm going to let it walk. Yeah.
2: That's fair. Have, uh, have either of you used Amsteel with your sticks before? No. I have
3: Amsteel on my platform.
2: What's that? Is there a significant difference from, like, the cam buckle strap or whatever that, or that's what you've been using, right? Like.
3: What do you mean by Amsteel? I mean, Amsteel's like... Like the daisy cable. chain. It's like a wall. Steel. So I'm talking like Amsteel as far as like the actual material, like mm-hmm. the the rope. I'm not really necessarily talking about how it's attached to my... How does yours attach? On my... Where the Amsteel is on my platform or whatever. It's just it's just like hooked in with a carabiner. And then when I fold the, the um, platform down, it just kind of bites into the tree. It's with a carabiner? Uh-huh.
2: Huh, I hadn't seen that.
3: Yeah, the oh. carabiner's like on a prusset cord that's attached to one end oh, okay. of, so that's how it the, of it. the platform, but then the amsteel's attached on the other side. Gotcha, okay.
2: Mine's just daisy chain, okay. and so that's what i got to figure out. There's all these methods of like, you know, you can get in these awkward situations with a specific tree of where like it's just in between, you know, that daisy chain, and so you've got to figure mm-hmm. out like, do you double wrap it around the tree and figure all this stuff out? and you know, I, I'm used to using just, like, uh, just cord, just, like, uh, what is that, rope? It's, like, I think it's 8 millimeter, just rope, yeah, and I just, just a... tie that half hitch knot or whatever. That's what I'm used to doing, so it's just, you don't have to worry about the size of the tree. You can just, like, put it on there, tie that knot, seat it, and you're good to go. But there's a little bit of flex. There's a little bit, like um i don't know that it with am still apparently you just you don't have the flex and you've got to get like the tightness right around the tree um to figure it out and i got them recently and i haven't had a chance to to test it out but i'm going to do that with my three sticks i have the 30 inch three-step hawk heliums mm-hmm. and then i'm actually going to use it with my platform too and on my platform i've just had like a cam strap and so again it's just adjustable and you can kind of you know you don't have to worry about the size of the tree again. You're just like, I mean, to an extent, but like, it's going to be really different this year. So I've got to, I've got to figure that out. I just didn't know if y'all had messed with it before.
0: No. And I looked at it a little bit because I've got a couple of trees that I would like to hunt out, out of that are way too big for my cam straps. And yeah. so I like the idea of having something that I can get cut yeah. to length for what I'm going to need to be able to get around some bigger trees, yeah. but I haven't used it. Yeah. All my stuff for the most part, is just like a webbing
3: material that just goes into the, the, Whatever you call that Buckle Versa button No The ratchet It's kind of a ratchet Hmm. But And then Yeah (coughs) Basically everything Just cams down on itself And tightens up Yeah
2: I don't know. We'll see if I like it. It's not a weight thing for me. It's A a lot of people switch to Amsteel because of the weight, which it is significantly lighter. Yeah, for
0: how strong it is? Oh, yeah. it's super strong, and how, it's a lot lighter, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But, like, it, I don't know. Ultimately, it's not saving me that much weight. Like, I'm not going on, like, 10-mile hikes where it's going to matter. Like, I, it, It's fine. Um, but the speed is what I'm after, and it seems like, you know, as long as it's not in an awkward spot of that in-between of where you got to figure out, like, how to finagle it and get it, you know, that exact length or whatever... Uh, it should be as simple as just, like, wrapping around the tree, pull tight, and then get that daisy chain, you know, in the right mm-hmm. spot, and boom, it's on there. So it should be, theoretically, it should be faster. But yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, that's that's my big change this year that I'm going to try to practice a couple times before I actually go hunt. Uh, but other than that, I'm pretty much running the same, like, saddle system. Um, I changed up the pack and all that, which I've talked about on another episode. But that's all worked out. I'm just a little worried about how all that's going to play out when I'm hunting. but That's yeah.
3: my big concern going into this Tennessee hunt, is this is going to be the most hiking through mm-hmm. some pretty rough stuff that Sounds I've like ever it. done yeah. with the saddle. So yeah. I'm going to have my pack with my sticks, my platform, everything that I'm going to be bringing with me into the woods in my pack. Because, I mean, it's we're probably going to be out there all day, sun up to sun down. So everything I need for the day is on my back. And then on top of that, now I also have my bow. Right. And we have to get through all this you know we're looking at several mile hike like 4 or 5 mile hikes some days some to some of the spots that we're we've got marked that we yeah. want to hunt
1: and you're going to hike that before sunrise uh-huh you going to wear that's, your saddle
3: i don't know uh i that's part of you know this trial run that i'm doing tonight and tomorrow morning is i'm going to i'm going cuz i mean where i'm going to be hunting tonight and tomorrow morning is a very short walk from where i'm going to be parking the truck but i'm going to be treating it as though i'm i'm going to do everything i would do that we're going to do in Tennessee. And so for normally when I'm hunting out of my saddle, I just wear my saddle in. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're talking maybe a mile, right? maybe yeah. that's generally usually more of a half mile or shorter of a hike. Yeah. So wearing your saddle in for something like that. And a lot of these hikes that I'm doing out at our property are on pretty clean cut trails or through fields or something like that. Whereas going through some thick brush that we're going to be doing, up in the mountains in Tennessee it's going to be a whole different animal so i'm thinking i might in Tennessee have my saddle and everything in my pack
1: so are you worried about uh snagging or are you worried about comfort
3: yes both all of the above yeah And, like, I can attach my bow to my pack, which is what I want to do, but when I attach my sticks and my platform to my pack, I don't know that I can get the bow on there as well. I
2: have successfully done that once where I've had, like, everything on my pack. Mm -hmm. That same pack, the Diablo GT Mm -hmm. from Badlands or whatever, we have the same pack. And I've figured out, like, how to do both, but it was never, like, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was sustainable or something like that I I could continually do. It was just, like it was a hassle to get it off. And then for whatever reason, when I'm in the woods, like I always had a hard time getting it back into that, like stable, comfortable the way that you had spot, it. the way I had it. Cause, Cause it's I really spent... easy to do
3: it on the floor in the garage. Exactly. But then when you're on a hillside in the mountains, exactly. Yeah.
2: So and darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And darkness. But I don't know. I've always like, I've done that like twice maybe, but ever since I've just carried my bow and this year I'll just be carrying my bow. And that is, if I could find a way to comfortably do that consistently, um, I thought maybe that, uh what is that spider that puck oh the bow spider the bow spider dude i i've seen that at trade shows like two or three times and i've listened to that guy do the demo and i'm like man i see people doing it out west and like i i don't know it seems great i just i don't know that i could do that in a way that with all my other stuff it'd be out of the way and actually hike and everything what's this
0: bow spider this is it's like this
2: puck that Uh you can put on your pack or your belt or whatever
0: it's really versatile and as far as where you can put it. And yeah. you put,
1: and then you put one on your bow right. and the and bow then is then like, it's a just like a peg connection point. And then yeah. the puck has like a funnel. So as long as you get that peg close and then it sits in that puck and can yeah. freely swing. Huh.
2: Which to me that seems great for like if you stop and you just don't want to like put your bow on the ground yeah. or whatever and you just want like you're just quickly stopping you just want to hook it and you want to glass or you know take a break or whatever you're doing. Like I I get that application and for out west, obviously that makes tons of sense. Like you're glassing a lot, you're you know, getting to certain spots and you're just like scouting or whatever. Like I get that, but the actually like hiking in uh, with that I don't know, I've never tried it, so I'm sure people have figured it out. But what
3: I considered doing for this Tennessee hunt, I mean, I I didn't do it and it's probably too late to try to get one order now, but I considered
2: doing a bow sling. So, I have and a bow then, sling if you want it. Yeah. Um, I, I think <laughs> it. it's a Badlands. Uh, it should fit your bow. Yeah. Is actually, so, my problem with it was it was just a little too loose. I mean, just like the, just a little too loose. And that's actually how. Loose I, as
3: far as like how it attached to the bow?
2: How, how I, so I was using it to, this is how I successfully attached my bow to my pack is I used the bow sling mm-hmm. and then used the straps from that and then attached it tightly to my pack. So, but. My my thought was
3: pack with platform sticks everything on my back, bow sling and sling it around on my front.
2: So you have your bow on the front. In that, that way,
3: it? it's just there. It's easier. I'm not holding the bow because I mean, I'll bring it. I don't use it. You can. The bows we're using are great bows. I love them to death. Yeah, I, but they're they're not made for long hikes. They're yeah. a little on the heavier end. Yeah, whereas that's where some other bow manufacturers have kind of they've right. made lighter bows. Right. But I'm just thinking, hiking four or five miles in, in the dark, with all the stuff on my back, and now I'm also carrying a bow, Yeah, it's going to be doable. I mean, I've accepted that we're going to have to do that, Yeah, but I've just kind of been trying to think of ways to make it easier on myself.
2: Yeah, I'll bring it. You can try it. See what you think. Uh, But I just never could get it in a way that I could, for me, I'm thinking about it differently. I I put mine on my back. I Mm -hmm. use mine to put the bow on my back, so thinking about putting it on the front, that might work better for you, so you can see how that works, but
3: front and then so i know like when you shoot you take your quiver off and i know when you go to your saddle and everything you hang your quiver up there on like your HYS strap or anything like that but when you're hiking in do you have your quiver attached to your bow yes okay Mm -hmm. yeah i do you see i keep my quiver on at all times it stays on the bow even when i'm shooting i I shoot all summer with the quiver on um stays on my bow when i'm in the tree and th- that's just a preference thing that's just what i like to do i like to know that it's always there i don't like to have because i years ago i hunted where similar situation i'd take it off and i had a situation where didn't know where it was oh yeah so now it's kind of and I've, i have had a similar story with my release also so i have yeah. a whole system is there's nothing worse than getting up in a tree right of you know shooting light and realizing that your release is you know a mile away in your truck
0: still so, so that brings up a great point uh we talked last week about how expensive releases are. Some of them, three hundred bucks yeah, or easy. more. You can do that easy. And so, I almost—I remembered last second where my release was and grabbed it. Like, shut my truck doors, getting ready to walk away, and then I was like, "Oh no!" And then got my release. But I was contemplating getting one to just keep in the bottom of my saddle bag. I keep an extra release like in my just bag, just under my ropes, down in there. Yeah. In case I get up in the tree without it. That's but dropping a hundred bucks well, or some bucks. on. Well, it. Me I mean,
2: you run the same release and my release never comes off my D loop. So I actually, oh, I slip it to my D loop and I just leave it on there. I have never had an issue where it's come off or anything like that, but I'm constantly checking because it would suck. So if I keep it, it just falls off. I
3: keep an extra one in my pack. It's like in this really random pack, uh, pocket on those packs those Diablos that very very front little zipper pouch yeah, yeah. that like you can't really fit anything in there yeah, I keep yeah. a release in there and it's yeah. a it's an old release it was like my first release with my first bow it's not ideal but it's better than nothing yeah and so this good this goes back to when we went shooting it's, it's been probably close to two months ago now yeah. when I was thinking about switching up my releases yeah, yeah this is my whole system on how I don't forget my release now it's my watch is on my left hand yeah. well i'm left eye dominant i shoot yeah. a left eye bo- or left-handed bow yeah. so my release has to go there and i use yeah. a wrist release yeah so i have to take my watch off yeah. and put it on my other wrist so if i'm at the truck in the morning and i realize that i have not moved my watch i know i haven't grabbed my release that's a good key
2: dude i was thinking about this just like at the beach okay Like mm-hmm. stick with me here so <laughs>
3: this stuff keeps me up at
2: night i get it <laughs> <laughs> The way that I pack for everything now is the way that I pack for hunting. I think through, like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to use the most? What are we going to use the least? How are things stacked in bags? How are – if this thing isn't in this place, then that means that we forgot this thing. Like, I literally – I can't turn it off now. Once I learned that whole, like, hunting system – because when I first was going out there, there was nothing. It was just, like – you know, make sure I have everything and then it's just in pockets. And then mm-hmm. I found like I'm in the tree and being like, oh, where's and I'm digging through all my different. And I heard, um, I think it was, uh, uh, I think it was Tony Peterson telling this story on Wired to Hunt, but he went through an entire episode of 30 minutes of like in my left pocket on the one that's on my thigh. I keep this, this thing and then yep. this. And so now that's how I am. And now I can't imagine ever hunting not like that but now it's how i do everything like I don't, oh, yeah. it's like yeah. at the beach where we're packing to go down and hang out with snacks and with everything it's like
3: i get it from two sides too because the fire department's the same as yeah. the way yeah, everything yeah. we carry on our trucks and our medical bags on the yeah. ambulances everything is in a certain spot for a certain reason
2: yeah. And you hear Jack Carr talk about like all zippers come to the middle and they're all lined up in the middle of the bag so that in the dark you're not fumbling looking for zippers. Everything's Mm -hmm. right. Like just over time you kind of learn these like little quirks of like being lighter and faster and, you know, more efficient. That's why I'm so ocd about things yeah Yeah. no, i mean it makes it's it it makes sense dude it could be the difference between killing something and not you know like having your stuff exactly where it needs to be even if it's just that snack or whatever Mm -hmm. and like if you're spending a bunch of time looking for it and all of a sudden here comes a deer that you're gonna shoot like just all those little things add up because it's such a freaking hard thing to do you don't want all these little variables being in the way you know that, that could mess it up but
0: well and with a with a thumb or you know trigger release too it's if you are getting it out and it's not hung on your D-loop and you drop it from the tree, yeah. now you've got to back up. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I, I'm leaning more and more towards just having an extra one in there. Just they, they, there are cheaper, cheaper a- ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't want to spend that much money on a release, it's just going to
3: sit in your bag, get yeah. I mean, yeah. a used one.
0: I don't you know. know, man. I kind of like the the known just knowing that it's the same thing, and I don't have to worry about oh, this tension on this one is a little different. Yeah, yeah. there is that element to it as well. Yeah. It's whatever you're comfortable, like whatever you want to do. is
3: for me, it's it's a thing where it's like oh, I really should not be in the scenario in the first place, where I'm having to use this backup release, but I have it now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Two is one, one is none. Yeah, I don't think. But the one we use, what is it like 180 dollars 110. Oh, it's 110. Yeah. yeah, it's not crazy. Like True ball. What is it? Yeah. True ball. Stuff. True ball hunter. Yeah, it's a thumb release or whatever. It's yeah. the true ball predator. And the that's wrist the index. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah,
3: it's a wrist released with the index finger, yeah. Yeah. That's just what I've always ran. and yeah. I tried your... You hated it. I, so hated like, it. Dumb, like, like, I, I hated it. I sucks. I hated it. And I'm, and then I'm I thought like more, that with the wrist. I can't I stand it. it. I, I thought more about it, and I was like, well, th- that's going to mess up my routine about my watch. and yeah. And it's, it's going to open this door of like, well, now I'm going to be more susceptible to forget my release.
2: Yeah. We've been talking a lot. What do you got going on, Dan? You haven't said much this podcast.
1: Dr. Dan. Let's get in your Look, head for nothing a nothing
3: sleepy, buddy. Nothing. I think you zoned out there for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys just talking about bow hunting because I'm not into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not into the bow hunting. Yet. 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 Uh, I didn't really do much this weekend. I did get a random trail camera picture. Yeah. Because when I set up my trail camera picture, I was in a valley, no cell phone signal. Set it up about a week ago. Never got a picture because no, no signal. And then randomly, in the middle of the day, I got a picture of a squirrel. Yeah. So it must have just gotten a signal for a second. So it means, good news is the camera hasn't been stolen. It's on public land. Yet. Unless it's yeah. in somebody's going backyard, and back that's yet. why I had signal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. With somebody else's um, squirrel. But potential bad news is it's had not signal a lot, and just nothing's coming through the area where I set it up. So I'm going out there with a buddy, uh, Saturday, and we're going to pull the card. We'll probably put the camera in a slightly different spot, somewhere in the same area.
3: You have friends besides us? I pay He's them. He's cheating on us. Oh. He's in a, fr- a
2: fraternity, <laughs> <laughs> an adult fraternity, where he pays to have friends. <laughs> no, that that you kind of taught me something this morning. Is I, I didn't realize with those reveals that they'll sit there and store, which is dumb. I didn't think through this, but they'll store pictures on that. That card.
3: It's so, dumb that you didn't think of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. not dumb yeah. that the camera does that. I know.
0: That's what I was saying. Let's <laughs> <That's laughs> clarify again. Yeah. Brayden's the dumb one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I said,
2: I'm dumb and didn't think
0: through I not you talking bad but, about the uh, camera.
2: No, I'm not. Uh, but we have that one camera out there where we got the literal last picture and video we have is this gigantic buck that we're stoked about. And we literally have not got a check-in picture since. So, don't know if it's sell. Don't know what the deal is. But, uh we're going to definitely be taking a card reader out there this next time we're out there and pulling that card and seeing. I'm sure we've got stuff coming through there, but we haven't even gotten check-in pictures. So it doesn't Yeah, it seems weird.
3: I'm still standing by the deer stole it.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. that one buck could have wrapped his antlers around it or something and he's just running around the wood. That'd be sick if a deer, like, took your camera off and it was just on his Rack, walking through the woods, and you have, like, a mobile trail camera? I'm sure it's happened before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) you got, like, a mobile tracker on a deer. But, yeah, so that.
1: Yeah, I did also apply for Taylorsville Lake again, the quota hunt, which I did last year. Yeah. I'm wondering if it'd be worth it to go to the spot we were trying to turkey hunt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That swampy area?
1: That swampy area. Swamp donkey? Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. I, I feel like it probably gets pressured. Because it's so close to that parking lot. But, dude, when we got back in there, like, you can just picture in your mind some
1: gnarly old deer walking through that swamp. Yep. And really that whole coastline, because that boat ramp's not too far down from that spot, that whole coastline's probably all swampy. I could probably take my kayak in to somewhere that's not quite as close to the parking lot and get it's out. True. But... We'll see, it depends, because I applied for the early and late hunt, and early's November 4th, and late is like December 4th, and there's a big difference in yeah. temperature between November and December.
2: Temperature and movement. I mean, yeah. So November 4th would be primo. But And then before we jump off, you're going to Nodak. When is that?
3: It's uh, three weeks out still. Three weeks out. Nodak, like no North, oh, North Dakota. Dakota.
1: I thought it was like a trade show or something. <laughs> it's NODAC.
3: No, we're headed to North Dakota on a... Big old waterfowl hunt. We're going to go hunt the factory.
2: The duck factory. A little, little different than our uh, Kentucky hunt. <laughs> yeah, which you need
3: to put in for still.
2: I'm going to. I'm go just going to keep reminding you until I'm you actually do it. it. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, videos that's... on YouTube uh, seem pretty nutty. Oh, yeah. North Dakota? Yeah. yeah. yeah I've I've been, sent me this guy up there. I've been
3: following these these guys up there. I think it's two brothers. I don't really know quite the dynamic, but the one guy is pretty much the guy that does most all the filming and editing and everything like that. But they're they're up there in North Dakota and – the hunting's incredible what's the, what's the limit it's a, it's a federal limit or whatever Oh, always every state's pretty much the same um so it's it's a six di or six duck daily limit and then that bag counts kind of broke down more and then geese kind of have their own different numbers and stuff like that but um Do you yeah I mean, the name of that channel mindac mindac yeah m i n mindac outdoors like minnesota okay. Dakota
2: y'all should if you got some free time, check it out because yeah. it is, and the editing is sweet. Like they'll yeah. put the, like almost like a reticle on the camera and it'll show him like looking up at like this giant freaking some swarm of, ducks. <laughs> of yeah. ducks and it'll, he'll just be like, Tink! and the reticle will be on a duck. It'll drop. Then he'll like pan up and pick the next one he's going to shoot. It's like, he'll, they'll shoot like three, four at a time or not four, three. Probably you can only have three in your. Gun. I
3: mean, you, you, only three in the gun. But if you have time to reload, and they a probably lot of have times, time to reload. <laughs> a lot of times when you're dealing with this, especially with geese, these huge wads of birds. I mean, they don't know what's going on. You have time to reload.
2: Yeah, they're just laying them down. And there's probably this like sounds like fun. Six of them oh, all yeah. laying it's there. It's incredible. Uh-huh. So
3: I've never I've done some geese hunts over dry fields, but we're looking at doing a lot of ducks, like duck hunting and stuff over dry fields. And I've never experienced anything like that before. And that's what a lot of the these videos that these guys are doing they're doing a lot of dry field hunts yeah. so so
0: theoretical non-legal advice for the answer if you are on your you're at the verge of your limit uh-huh. and you shoot one more duck uh-huh. and that pattern spreads enough and gets you a bonus duck what do you do you call, just report call, it call the game warden you just let them know. know yeah okay i wonder what they do in that scenario. I'm sure. Hopefully, hopefully, or, I hopefully mean, it it they're nice. Happens. It probably happens
2: all the and time. And you have stuff, too, where, like, you're shooting a certain amount, like, of this particular, you know, subspecies or whatever. You accidentally, you mis-ID a bird or something like that. That has got to happen all I mean, the time where they just
3: shoot. I, yeah, I'm in. sure it happens, but the the... Technical correct response to that is know 100% what you're shooting at. Oh, So for, don't pull a
2: trigger if you don't know what it is. For sure. That's the the advice, but I bet that happens all the time. When I get off this
1: podcast, remind me to show you a video. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, i
2: got a meeting coming up. Let's, let's wrap this up. Yeah,
0: well, I didn't say at the beginning of the podcast. We are presented to you, boys and girls, by our friends at gunbroker.com. Uh, make sure you get in to go wild and log this episode get your points we've got a sweet reward that's getting ready to drop here soon uh have y'all ready for rifle season and then um, plenty more stuff coming the rest of the year so get in there earn your points be ready to hit up these rewards when they drop thanks for tuning in we'll see y'all next week see See you